Today on the Ag News Daily Podcast. I'm the vice principal. I'm sleeping with one of the teachers. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today is May 2nd. I am your host, Delaney Howell, and joining me is my co-host, Mike Pearson. Good afternoon, Delaney. It's a beautiful day. I know it is. I'm excited. There's finally some sun. Finally some sun. You know, I woke up this morning and I was making some coffee and standing at my kitchen window watching the sun rise in the east, and it was casting those beautiful, beautiful, you know, orange and yellow hues over my lawn as it rose up and I was sipping my my piping hot coffee and I continued to gaze out the window and I looked down and there were three cows just chilling in my yard. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds it, like a problem. Yeah, it was. It ground was soggy enough that last night they managed to push over one of the uh, fence posts and I don't know, about 12 of them had just wandered out and they'd eaten down a lot of the waterway and then they were all just hanging out in the yard. They uh, fertilized it quite nicely in a couple of spots. So, that yeah. A, that was a good image you created too. I could stand there at the window with my cup of coffee next to you. Yeah, you know, just waiting to greet the day when all of a sudden I swore. And had to get the four-wheeler out. The good news is the cows, uh, they used to get out quite a bit. And so they've gotten pretty well trained. Four-wheeler coming out means they make a beeline for the gate. And they just kind of stand there until I open it up. They go back in and I cuss at them and then shut the gate. And then they're happy as can be. Really, you have, if you have livestock, I feel like you have to have, you have to cuss. I just remember dad would always yell all sorts of derogatory names at the pigs or cows and yeah yeah there's a shirt i've seen it on facebook and on twitter it says i'm sorry for what i said when we were working cattle and that's true (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so how about you delaney having a good day i am having a good day good good pizza for lunch yes need a nap this afternoon living the dream and we had a good interview for the podcast today we did rob sharkey who also has actually two podcasts now he uh, has the shark farmer podcast and then the other one i think is called what is it farmer Farmer, and the city girl farmer and the city girl that's right yeah but he's hilarious i love talking to rob he is very blunt and i think he didn't cuss at all during the podcast but i think uh there are a few times you probably wanted to use some choice words. Yeah, I think I think Rob is a fantastic advocate. I do too. I think he gets out there. He really makes us all proud. Yeah. So do you have any good news for us, Delaney? Good news. Hmm. Well, actually, yeah. I think uh, one of the big things today is Governor Branstead, who is currently Iowa's governor, but is about to hopefully get shipped off to China, his confirmation hearing was this morning shipped off probably (laughs) i like that ship him off like we're like like he's pork we're just gonna load him on the refrigerated car and and ship him off i I mean that maybe wasn't the best choice of words but he uh, Mm. met with or met in front of the foreign ag relations committee and he there's you can look up one of his opening statements but i just wanted to read this really quick little excerpt Um, which specifically dealt with agriculture. He said, if I'm confirmed, I hope to use my unique position as an old friend of President Xi and a trusted confidant of President Trump to positively influence the U.S.-China relationship. As the governor of Iowa, I saw firsthand the importance of a positive and healthy trade relationship between our two countries. Nearly one out of every two rows of Iowa soybeans is sent to China, as well as 33 and a half million dollars of pork in 2016 and he just goes on to say how important the existence of trade between 
the two countries really is going to be in as an ambassador he's going to work to open up those markets for american businesses and specifically american agriculture yeah that is good news and uh yeah we'll get some we'll get an export of brandstad to china get him shipped off over there and hopefully <laughs> get him speaking on behalf of uh u.s farmers and u.s producers so that is good news it is and i don't know how long i'm i'm hoping it doesn't take as long as it did for secretary purdue to get confirmation i mean hopefully it's a lot sooner than that we've heard rumors of june 1st but really i don't i don't think that that deadline will be met but hopefully by midsummer he's over there yeah yeah hopefully that's the case i know that uh some commodity groups in iowa are planning a trip over for mid to late june to go and visit so i I think the hope is they'll at least have him installed or uh yeah i think they i think you install an ambassador like a like a light fixture he'll be installed (laughs) in the uh embassy no disrespect to no of course not of course not big fan of brandstad looking forward to having him speak on behalf of uh Though, well, particularly the beef market in China, but certainly everything else. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about the goings-on in D.C., there is a report out here. The uh, Tri-State Livestock News covered this. Truckers are headed to Washington, D.C. to hopefully um, seek an exemption from the electronic logging devices that are mandated to be in trucks as of December 18th of this year. We have had Kurt Dahlmeyer from uh, southeastern Iowa on the program before. He brought this issue up. And uh, the livestock callers have said, hey, look, you've already got an exemption for trucks running in the oil patch they get to be exempt we need a similar exemption for livestock basically for those weird situations where you could have made the trip in my 11 hour time frame but i was caught by weather or you know there's a blizzard coming or it's a heat wave i need to be able to get this livestock safely or for those trips that are longer than 11 hours right is i mean is that going to be included as well well so the comments that i have heard on that issue those trips that are longer than 11 hours, the way the law's currently written is they can't make those trips as it is. And uh, I was at an event where uh, an official from the DOT was, was there as well, and a livestock trucker hauled this, or, you know, brought this issue up, and the DOT official said, well, so what you're telling me is you're breaking the law currently. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that will be an exemption sought. I think they're really just looking at it from a health and safety and welfare of the animals perspective. We need something. They need something. Haulers need something that they will be allowed to use their discretion to get these critters to where they need to go safely and uh, and healthily, health healthily, healthily, yeah, healthfully. I think it's healthily. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so they are headed to D.C. in June to uh, to to speak. And uh, so if that is something you're interested in, the Owner Operator Independent Driver Association is uh, part of the group that's helping put this on. So reach out to them if you'd like to go and, uh, you know, get your voice heard. Well, in other news, especially with the June deadline, the United States will hit Mexican sugar imports with anti-dumping and countervailing duties by June 5th if the two countries can't reach a new deal to manage uh, cross-border sugar trade with that they're trying to salvage a deal that was done in 2014 that suspends imports from being slapped with retaliatory duties as high as 43 percent this is just another piece of the puzzle that's i'm sure going to be brought up when nafta is renegotiated and puts a little bit more tension on relationships with mexico yeah yeah and it's one of those things that i think you're right i think as nafta discussions truly begin in earnest when we get lighthizer confirmed as u.s trade rep you know maybe we can uh 
start making some Mm -hmm. policy happen. Speaking of policy that didn't happen, the National Cotton Council Chairman Ronnie Lee said yesterday, or excuse me, said this morning, that uh, the National Cotton Council is extremely disappointed that the fiscal year 2017 Omnibus Appropriations Bill, the bill we discussed yesterday on this podcast, does not include the cottonseed policy developed by the U.S. cotton industry in consultation with Congress. So that did not happen. uh, Cottonseed is still not considered an oilseed, and uh, cotton producers are pretty frustrated, and they singled out Senators Leahy from Vermont and Stabenow out of Michigan um, as two that uh, really played politics at the expense of cotton producers and farm families that are struggling with negative economic returns. So it seems like this is an issue that probably won't be resolved until the Farm Bill of 2018. Uh, the last thing piece of news I have is John Deere has dropped a bid to buy Monsanto's Precision Farm Equipment business, which is Precision Precision Planting LLC. Um, and let's see, I think uh, the Justice Department has put an antitrust suit to block the deal. So not sure if what will happen there. Deere did receive a notification on Monday about the plan, and in a statement on Monday. Attorney General assisting, excuse me, assisting Attorney General said that the deal would have resulted in a monopoly in precision planting technology by consolidating the two biggest actors at the time. So not sure where that one's going to head. You know, it's interesting. There was a a great poll question on Twitter yesterday as this news broke. And, uh, you know, who's going to snap this up? And then Kubota, Agco, Mm -hmm. Case, uh, Case, uh, Case IH? Well, but it's it's New Holland Case now, isn't it? Case New Holland, CNH. Yeah. Oh. Or or somebody else. And it seemed like the majority of the votes were that Yield Center 360, mm-hmm. which is Greg Stower, who founded Precision Planting, probably just going to buy it right back from mm-hmm. Monsanto. You know, I don't I, for, I think Monsanto paid a billion dollars for Precision Planting. No, that was Climate Corp. I don't remember what they paid for Precision I Planting. I thought those were one and the same. 360 and Climate Corp were in those... No, no, totally different, totally different. So Yield Center 360 is what Greg, I think it's Stour, it might be Sour, uh, started after he sold Precision Planning. Mm -hmm. He founded Yield Center 360, and now this seems like an opportunity for him to maybe buy Precision Planting back, roll it in with the rest of their products at Yield Center 360, and go from there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that story as it moves ahead. Well, Mike, do you want to read us today's closing market prices before we get into our hilarious interview with Sharky? I certainly do. And the markets aren't very hilarious today. Yesterday, of course, we were up big across the grains. The weather had everybody going. Today, apparently, we've all forgotten about the, the winter weather storm and all the rain. And the corn contract, May corn, down five and a quarter cents, closed the day at 364 even. December corn, down four and a half, finished at 390 even. In soybeans, the May contract contract only dropped a penny finished at 958 even the november contract new crop beans up a quarter of a cent closed at 964 and 3 quarters jumping down to chicago wheat uh the may contract dropped 1 and a quarter cents finished at 441 and a half the excuse me september contract dropped 3 quarters of a cent finished at 468 even looking at kansas city wheat here's the one spot of green on the screen may kc wheat closed up 2 cents finished at 454 and 3 quarters july kc wheat closed up 2 cents as well, finishing at 467 and three quarters. Jumping over to live cattle, we were limit up in several contracts at midday. The 
tapered off towards the end of the day. The June cattle contract still closed up two dollars ninety-two and a half cents, almost the limit. Finished up at one twenty-seven and a nickel. The August live cattle contract up sixty-two and a half cents, closed at one twenty eighty. Looking at feeder cattle, we've got May feeders up a dollar oh two and a half, finished at one forty-nine sixty-two and a half. The August contract up a dollar eighty-five, closed the day at one fifty-five sixty. In lean hogs, another positive day in the lean hog market. The uh, May contract up eighty-two and a half cents, finished at sixty-six ninety-five. June lean hogs up eighty-seven and a half, closed at seventy-four fifteen. Looking at milk, the May contract up four cents, closed the day at fifteen. 15- 36. All right, Delaney, should we go ahead and turn this podcast over to Mr. Rob Sharkey? I think we should. We are welcomed now by Rob Sharkey. Sharkey, really, that's your last name. Do you get jokes about that, that all the is. time, Rob? Well, not until right now, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyways, we're here with Rob Sharkey, and he's from Bradford, Illinois. You farm, you run a podcast. You homeschool your kids. Is there anything you don't do? I, I don't homeschool my kids. I your am, wife does. I, yes, I'm the vice principal. So I, <laughs> I'm i in charge of discipline. So when I see the kids walking out to the shop with their heads down, I, I, I have a good a good idea what, what happened. Plus, I, I'm sleeping with one of the teachers. That's right. <laughs> Now, Rob, you're also a little bit of a hunter or an outfitter, aren't you? Yeah, I'm more of an outfitter than a hunter. I, I like to I like to go out with my kids and hunt, but no, I am an outfitter. Been an outfitter for let's see, oh, this would be 18 years. I've uh, been an outfitter here. Wow, is there that much to hunt in Central Illinois? Isn't it just flat and flat? What What do you shoot? Well, we are mainly a deer outfitter. In fact, that's basically what we are as a deer outfitter. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's good farmland, but it also grows the world's greatest whitetails deer ever in the history of the country. Hmm. I, I think some folks in Southern Iowa might disagree with you there. Sharky, you ever been down there to hunt? Well, it, I mean, it doesn't matter if they disagree. I'm, I'm spewing facts here. So whatever <laughs> they want to talk about is fine. <laughs> well, here, here's my question, Rob, and this is from a person who raises cattle and uh, just sees deer all the time. Why haven't America's hunters completely eliminated the white-tailed deer yet? What, what's stopping you guys? Get on it. Well, I would say it would be the DNR would be stopping that. <laughs> I, it, there's a ton of them out there. I mean, you, you when you get up, the herd gets up to a certain level. It does seem like uh, the blue t- the blue tongue disease comes in, well, yes. and they they swear up and down that it does has nothing to do with overpopulation, but it you know it just always seems to happen that way too. So Mother Nature kind of figures things out. Yeah, all right, guys, sometimes... let's reel it back in a little here. No, no, we need we need all these deer killed. They are <laughs> oh nothing but rats. They are horrible, horrible, horrible vermin spreading, disease ridden. Uh, the invasive species. We need the folks that Rob is taking care of to be able to just gun them all down. I mean, I want <laughs> AR-15s in the hands of every American hunter, not semi-automatic, fully auto, just gunning them down. Well, if we could charge people for rat hunts, I would be on the front lines. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, are you guys I'm, I'm done, done with Delaney. this conversation? You can okay. go. All right. Rob, tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods in Illinois. How is planting going there? Are you guys in the fields? No, 
No, I think we got seven foot of rain this weekend. Oh my gosh. So everything is completely flooded. Really? It's, seven yeah, foot it, of rain? It, Are you being sarcastic? Maybe a little bit. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> in my area, we fared better than most. Uh, we got a little over three inches, but still it was enough to, and that was on saturated ground. So it's enough to put everybody out of the field. I was just guessing in my area, two thirds done with corn, uh, just a little bit of beans gone in. So. We really just got a good start before we got shut down. Mm-hmm. How far south of you do you have to get before you start seeing those rain totals up in that, uh, you know, six, seven to ten inch range? Is that quite a ways farther south? Yeah, I think in, you know, maybe even like a couple hours from what I'm hearing, just from friends. You know, okay. the Springfield area in south really got, I mean, locally there's some, some spots that really got it bad. But uh, unfortunately, they got it bad and then all our water is heading down that way. Now, do you just do row crops, or do you have um, livestock as well? No, I am. Uh, I'm happy being lazy, so I just <laughs> stick with the row crops. Well, so then you, you get some muds off yeah. there. That's right. I used to raise hogs, but okay. yeah, that that's a lot of work, and um, it, they didn't really necessarily care if you got paid well for it or not. Right. So I I hopped out of there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't get to be too lazy if you're running an outfitter business during the wintertime. Oh, yes, you do. Oh. Trust me on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful. I just get to sit in the lodge and drink with the guys. And, nice. You know, occasionally, if they if they shoot a deer or something, I'll send my son out. <laughs> He'll drag it up <laughs> or something. <laughs> now, now, Rob, okay, I got to come back to this because you're, you're making me think. You got a lodge. You got white-tailed deer. Okay, I've driven across Illinois. My dad is from uh, around Hoopston. My grandpa lives in, lives in Champaign. I don't know that I've ever seen more than two or three trees in one place in Illinois. Where do you have trees? Is there like a wooded area you can hunt in? Yeah, we, I'm, I'm close to where it starts going down toward the Illinois River. Okay. So, but like where, where my farm is, it's wide open. So it used to be a joke when hunters would come here for the first time, they'd ask where they hunt. I'd point out behind the house where there's nothing but farm ground <laughs> yeah. until a couple guys kind of took that seriously. So we don't, we don't even do that anymore. But <laughs> from my, from my lodge, uh, we've got, we lease ground at about a, 30 mile circle around the lodge and in that there's there's plenty of timber to be hunted okay interesting mm-hmm. something scenic in in illinois that's good to know oh it's beautiful here much better than iowa oh well oh hmm. come on now i've been to southern illinois i spent a few weeks there over a summer for an internship and i think the banjos were playing when i was down there well that's southern illinois well that's, that's true yeah how far that's the are you toothless part <laughs> <laughs> Rob's up in Rob's got, you know, thirty feet of good black topsoil yeah, under him. He's yeah. got four hundred bushel corn every year. He's he's you know, he's right there <laughs> in that part of the state. Life is rough, yeah, that's right. Well, and here's one of the things, Rob, that we keep talking about, this corn-soybean rotation. I mean, you say you're about two-thirds planted, most of the folks in your neighborhood. Um, you're going to see a lot of replant with the moisture? Are folks going to be moving more into beans, or is this just something you guys are used to with that uh, flat black soil, a little bit of replant? I, You know, I don't think a whole lot of replant's going to go on. Uh, last 10 years, the amount of tile that's gone in here, guys, guys have got a, a kind of a good hold on their ground. Yeah, you know, the washes and, you know, some ponds are going to have to be replanted. But I think all in all, this area didn't fare 
too bad. It's not like the pictures you're seeing all over social media. We we did okay. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Okay, Rob, this is um, where really where I wanted to t- to take this interview. But tell us why you just started why you decided to start your podcast, Shark Farmer. Well, I think the only reason people start podcasts is because of vanity. Wouldn't you <laughs> oh, okay. agree, Delaney? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe no, to it, an <laughs> I had I had a friend that came hunt Carrie Zoka and she had a, a podcast mm-hmm. and she would was talking about it and it it interested me. I was going to start doing hunting stories, but mm-hmm. I, it, agriculture is my passion, so it quickly got switched over. So yeah, it's uh, it's almost a year now the Shark Farm podcast, and I wanted to kind of get outside the echo chamber, but Shark Farmer podcast is. <laughs> is well within the echo chamber. So, um, boy, it's been maybe what, two months now. I did start one with Carrie. She's a non-farmer. So oh, okay. That's Farmer and the Farmer and the City Girl podcast. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah, one right. we, we're really really trying to get outside the echo chamber, trying to get farmers and consumers on the same uh-huh. on the same level when it comes to talking to each other. And how's that gone? Have you gotten a lot of urban listeners? Because I know Carrie is very popular with all of her stuff. That's out of ag, are they transitioning over and asking questions? Yeah, you know, it's uh, interesting. We thought maybe there would be mainly hunters. Yeah, she's, you know, into the uh, hunting podcast and that. But she also, I mean, she's got a, an enormous social media. And so there's been a lot of even non-hunters, just average people, you know, that have really kind of come out of the woodwork and, you know, been asking questions and been promoting that podcast. So I've been real happy. I'm really excited about Farmer in a City Girl podcast. I, I think there's a ton of potential there with that one. Do you think that that one's going to have more potential than your own Shark Farmer podcast? I hope so. I really do. <laughs> I hope it I hope it walks right past it. What's the craziest question you've gotten so far from a from a non-farmer? From a non-farmer? Yeah. Uh you know, it's it, it actually that's the thing. It really hasn't been that crazy. Uh, they they mm. understand a lot. Uh, they're you know, it'll be things that they don't know, like uh a picture of a planter. They'll ask, you know, what are those what are those things on the, you know, those big weighty arm things on the side they are talking about the markers. Gotcha. So, but it's, you know, the, the kind of the stereotypical, do I get chocolate milk from a brown cow question? I, <laughs> I think we underestimate mm-hmm. what the general consumer out there knows. Well, I, they, they've got a good understanding of stuff. You know, you say that, Rob, but then you were also one of those people who really started to uh, to tug a few, uh, I don't know, pull a few strings, I suppose, with Cargill as they were looking to get some of their uh, products, non-GMO projects, certified. Can you talk to us a little bit about what, uh, what made you kind of poke that bear? Oh, it's easy. I was pissed off. Yeah, that, what? that annoyed me. Why? Well, the way they touted the the non-GMO movement, that program, as as the way that it should be done, that is that's an activist organization. It's funded by activist organization. It's run by by activists. It is what it is, and they they bullied uh, Cargill into doing that, much like they've done to other companies. It's not only Cargill. Yep. But Cargill went out of their way on social media. And promoted that as the end all be all as far as what we need in labeling and food in the United States. And that ticks me off. Uh, a lot of people don't call them out, of course, because you're, 
Ag's a very small bubble, and you've only got so many advertisers. Um, luckily for me, Cargill wasn't an av- <laughs> advertiser of the Shark Farmer <laughs> podcast, and will never be. Well, <laughs> I and here's my question. Did they, did they respond to you? Were you able to kind of have a conversation, or was it just simply the statement that this is a third-party verification and blah, blah, blah? No, they never responded. Uh, I did ask them to. I invited them on. Uh, but no, there was there was no response. I'm sure that they know that that was handled well. That was not handled well to social media. I get that. You know, mistakes were made. But uh, I, I've seen this before, and I think we need to realize that there's going to be a correlation between the animal rights activists and these non-GMO people. Animal rights activists work their way into this. We're like, well, we're going to we're going to check off that these animals are raised humanely. We're going to be the ones that are policing this, and the companies went along with it, and they just kept, they just never stopped. Right. And then we started seeing laws being passed. That's the way that all started was the same way that this non-GMO has partnered with Cargill. So I, mm. that's a wonderful thing about a podcast. If you get ticked off about something and you want to call them out, you can do it. Yeah, that's you, why I think a lot of people like your podcast, and that's why I like you as a guest or a person because you're not afraid to. Tell people what you think, whether you're going to make people mad or not. Well, I mean, farming and agriculture, we're very nice. We're very polite. And we've been trained that way all the way from FFA to Farm Bureau. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not ripping on them. But that, that is the way we've been trained. So when you see people that don't hold back or, you know, don't really go the whole PC route, it, it tends to be uh, almost shunned. So mm-hmm. that's actually why I'm, I've always been surprised that the podcast is is doing what it's doing. Well, really? That's... Oh yeah. Surprise! Yeah, I'm, You're I, surprised. I am. I believe me when we started this, I thought you know if we can get to the like the the thousand downloader uh, download mark that that would be amazing. So I yeah I am stunned and amazed and humbled beyond anything that. The, what's happened with the Shark Farmer podcast. Well, and one of the things when you started it, Rob, was that you were kind of poking a little bit, or at least maybe trying to understand the phenomenon behind advocating, and uh, you weren't a huge proponent of it at the beginning. Is that a correct statement? Oh, yeah. No, and you were right. We were poking. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, don't have exactly. to be nice. I was, I was yeah. trying to be polite we were... there, but yeah, you were, you were jabbing pretty hard, <laughs> and yet isn't what you were doing with Cargill, wouldn't that be kind of textbook advocating, speaking up for, you know, kind of conventional agriculture and the, the folks actually working the ground? Well, now, see, these are the things I don't like to be called out on. So next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've ever been rejected a question. Yeah. I, don't think we've ever been. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. I like it. We're, we're breaking new ground here. Pass. That's perfect. <laughs> That's like the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> Well, you guys are rocking one every day. I don't know how you do that. Oh, my gosh. I think people don't realize how much work it is. Like, Mike and I definitely didn't realize that when we started it. And I remember talking to you, and you're like, you're crazy. There's no way you can do one every day. Yeah, if we'd known how much work it was going to be, we we wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) (laughs) No, have you you missed a day? No. We do every single day except for weekends. That's amazing. I, anybody oh who's ever done a podcast would know doing one every day, like you, and, and yours isn't like a five minute one every day. Right. 
So, I mean, kudos to you guys. That I, I for one, know how much work you're putting into it. Well, thanks, mm-hmm. Rob. Well, with that, we know you've got a lot of work to do. You've got uh, a lot of wet ground to look at. So uh, <laughs> right. I suppose we probably ought to let you go. Maybe get the planner tuned up and get ready to get out there and get after it. Yeah, this, uh, my beer is empty, so I need to go get another one. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, Rob, it's always fun to talk to you. Yeah, good, good job with the podcast, guys, and thanks for letting me be on. Rob Sharkey, thanks so much for taking the time. You know, he only dodged one question. That's not bad. I know. That is the first time, too, we've had anybody dodge question on air, so to speak. Yeah, and I don't think we could have asked for a better question or a better guest to dodge a question. Sharky's <laughs> fantastic. I know. He is. He's hilarious. I just can't get him enough of him. His podcast is so funny. He's just powers ahead, asks what he wants to ask. That's right, folks. So if you never heard, uh, download the Shark Farmer podcast. You can find it anywhere. And, and like you said, it's been on almost a year. Mm-hmm. And his is a weekly podcast, so a little bit different format, longer format than what ours is, but definitely still worth a listen yeah oh for sure so what do we have going on the rest of this week delaney i was just trying to think what do we tomorrow we're talking land values is that right that's correct we're going to talk to steve brewer the president of people's company they are an ag real estate well they're real estate not just agriculture all the way from north dakota down to louisiana so we're going to talk to them about what they're seeing in prices and trends and uh thursday i'm excited we're going to talk turkey can you make a little turkey noise for me That's the best I got. Okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I got some more ducks. Did I tell you that? Oh, no, you didn't. Got four more ducks from uh, Heidi's cousin. Good. Yeah. I bet she's excited. She's thrilled. Mm -hmm. She's thrilled. They they are starting to stink. And uh, get uglier. Because when they molt, that's when they're the worst. Oh, okay. When they lose their feathers. Oh. And get their grown-up feathers. Okay, yep. They've started doing that. Yeah. Good luck. So we'll be talking turkey. We'll talk about the state of the turkey industry in Iowa and nationwide. And then what about Friday, Delaney? Okay, Friday, I'm really excited. We probably shouldn't spill the beans yet because we don't have anything confirmed. But on Friday, uh, Secretary Sonny Perdue will be in Nevada, Iowa, which is right around the Ames area for those of you that aren't familiar with Iowa. He will be at a uh, town hall meeting and then also at a farm well, he's, he's hosting the town hall at yes. uh, Bill Kowser's okay. farm. Oh, and so okay. Kowser, who we had on the podcast last week, two weeks two ago. Weeks at, at Cattlemen at the Capitol. Yep. Bill's a, Bill's a big cattle feeder up there in Nevada, and so that's where Sonny's going to be. And uh, Delaney and I have been invited to come up a little bit early, and we're still waiting to see what all needs to get ironed out. This is still in the planning stages. Uh, of course, Secretary Purdue is still kind of getting you know used to that mm-hmm. job. But, uh, yeah, we will be there. We will cover the event. And hopefully, keep your fingers crossed for us, listeners, mm-hmm. we will have an interview with uh, Mr. Secretary Sonny Purdue. That's right. And in case we do and you have any questions you want us to ask for you, please feel free to tweet us, email us, Facebook us, so we can be the voices and get some of those questions that you want asked, asked. That's right. That's right. Be sure to let us know. And uh, in the meantime, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or on Google Play or any place you get podcasts. And do please log into the iTunes store and give us a rating and review. Let us know how we're doing, and we'll give you a big old shout-out on the air. That's right. I think uh, that sounds pretty good, Mike. Don't forget, for those of you that have not tuned in recently, our Twitter and Facebook handles are at AgNewsDaily. And if you want to email us for a little more private interaction, you can find us both, Mike, 
at agnewsdaily or delaney at agnewsdaily. So feel free to shoot us an email, shoot us some news stories, something you want us to cover. We want to hear from you. That's right. That's right. And with that, Delaney, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.